Greetings, greetings, greetings and salutations one and all. How you doing, how you doing, how you doing? Welcome to the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stu. Closing out the Night Shift week with Real Talk Wednesday. Also known as Marlon's favorite Night Shift show. Wanna apologize to those who normally catch me on the website. just talking to the tech people and uh, it won't be up for tonight but it's coming back due to some back-end issues um, with just my site not not though um, the, the server or anything it's specific to something with my site so that comes back soon and very soon all being well in the meantime, in between time, we'll be interacting via Facebook Live and the text line, WhatsApp line, phone line. Inviting you to call a friend, tell a friend. Call your enemy. Friends of your enemies and enemies of your friends. It's a night shift to DJ Kevin Stew. Closing out the night shift week. Sound of lead pipe working out with Sadis. Track is called A Feeling. Call me with drink until me fall over. Randy in makeup all night. And I'm feeling nice. Inviting y'all to share, share, share. Because you care, care, care. Want to say thank to, thank you to my segment sponsor, Paul CMG, Paul C Media Group. When being in a moment is priceless, give them a call for your innovative streaming and recording solutions. They can hook you up with streaming on your website, streaming an event, any event, funeral, church service, wedding, graduation, party, seminar. Let's get them a call, 754-999-6020 or check them out at paulcmg.com. 
want to say big ups to everybody locked in right now, those on TuneIn Radio. The night shift to DJ Kevin Steele. Those on NIE Radio. And I know New Jersey kind of chilly right now. All the affiliate stations across the globe. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Now for those of you who saw my post, I know you're feeling a feeling, some type of feeling. And the feeling is intensified when it gets to the point where you feel that somebody is trying to fool you. You know that feeling. So tonight we're addressing fooling people, everyone, including yourself. Are you feeling the feeling? Are you feeling the feeling, baby? <laughs> Boy, I am missing my website tonight. Boy, I tell you. Uh, never fear, never fear. The, the, the archive will be back. And um, for those of you missing out, the archive is also available. So that there's, there's, there's that, that option. All right? I, Jeez. Now that I'm thinking about it, I could have done a live over there and a live over there. But we're doing a live right here on Facebook Live tonight. Alright? Now, looking at... When you think about fooling someone, when you think about playing a prank on someone, you know, you, you often think, boy, for this moment, at least this moment, I have outsmarted that individual. When Mark Twain, I, I, I saw the, the, the quote, uh, a friend of mine, DP, had put the quote up on on Facebook. He posted a meme. And I was like, hmm, that is profound. And I used that quote as a part of the, the, the post I made for tonight's broadcast, where... It says it's easier to fool people than to convince them that they are fooled. And that got me thinking, boy, you know, what is it that we, we, we go through? What is that process that makes us believe that we can fool someone or even when we get fooled? So, of course, I went searching. And I, I came, a few, came across a few articles that speak on the subject. Now, will I cover everything relating to it? Probably not. I doubt it because I saw several other articles. I just chose these particular ones and I'm, I'm not even too sure we're going to get through all of these. So before I, ju- I jump into it, inviting you to call, text, WhatsApp, Telegram, Skype. You can Skype on Kevin that, Kevin Stewart. Kevin, that's Stew. But the phone number to call, you see it right down there? 773-789-STEW. 773-789-7839. You call, you text, you WhatsApp, you Telegram. All come through. Alright? So, you have no excuses. We, we, and of course, tonight's your comments, I'll have to read your comments on Facebook Live. So, 
tell everybody that you normally see on kevinstew.com. Jump on over to, to Facebook Live tonight. I, I'm not too sure how exactly I'm going to pull this one off in its entirety, but we're going to work with it. Yeah? Cool. So the most frequently cited result in the entire research literature on overconfidence comes from a 1981 paper published by the Swedish psychologist Ola Svensson. And Svensson asked people in the United States and in Sweden how they thought their driving abilities stacked up against most against other drivers. Now, I initially when I saw that, I was like, driving abilities? Americans? Yeah, this is going nowhere fast. <laughs> but most scholars cite Svensson's results as showing the majority of people think that they're better drivers than average. But that wouldn't be impressive in itself because it might be entirely possible for everyone to be better than average. Fair enough. As leggy scholar Shane Fred Frederick had pointed out, for instance, more than 99% of the population boasts more legs than average. His point is that in a skewed distribution... A few low numbers can pull the average down so that the majority of people are above it. As with leg counts, it is plausible to think that most drivers are adequately skillful. But there are a few drivers in the habit of texting between bites of lunch and touching up their hair while they inspect themselves in the mirror, but most are better than those maniacs. <laughs> So, what is interesting about the popular misrepresentation of Svensson's result is that he did what he did was more impressive than showing that the majority of people think they're above average. What Svensson actually did was to ask people to place themselves in one of ten deciles with respect to their driving skills and safety. A respondent who thought she was among the 10% of most skillful drivers should place herself in the top decile. Okay. Ranked on a percentile scale like this, in, it, it, it is in fact statistically impossible for the majority of people to be in the top five. The median, which splits from top, splits the top from the bottom, exactly divides the population into two equally sized halves. Yet Svensson found that 93% of Americans in his sample claimed to be more skillful than the median driver. The Swedes were not quite so recklessly overconfident. Only 68% of the Swedes believed they were more skillful than the median. Alright, so how this work out now? What exactly were Svensson's respondents telling him? Was their claim to being better than other drivers an honest reflection on their beliefs? Beliefs that would also lead these drivers to decline the purchase of insurance. 
thinking that their greater skill decreased their risk of getting into an accident? Or was it more strategic, like telling the person interviewing you that you think you have what it takes to succeed at a job, or telling your child's teacher that you think they belong in the gifted program? There are at least three possible explanations for Svensson's results. The first is that they were doing what they were doing was trying to impress him or make themselves look good by asserting their skill. If this were the case, then paying people for their accuracy would ameliorate their overconfidence. After all, if I expected to get $1 million as prize money, for accurately estimating my percentile ranking on a driver test, I would do my darndest. I'll do everything within my power <laughs> to accurately estimate my ranking. But it seems unlikely that Svensson's respondents were just showing off. Not to insult Svensson or anything, but boasting on a survey about your enormous driving talents is like boasting to a census taker about how many people live in your house. It's not clear that you boast, that your boast gets you anything, or that anyone really ought to be impressed. Personally, you know, people get skeptical that impressing others is a powerful motive. In, in this instance, when other researchers have attempted to motivate respondents to act to answer accurately by paying them more for accuracy, it does not come close to eliminating overplacement. A second possible explanation for Svensson's results is that different drivers have different definitions of skill. It is possible that some drivers think Skill is, re is reflected in being able to drive while texting, eating, and resolving squabbles between children in the back seat. Well, that might require some skill. Whereas others may believe that they are skillful because they drive so carefully they never exceed 30 miles per hour. Now, if everyone agreed what it is meant to be a skillful driver and had a good sense of their own other their own and others' skill, then exactly 50% of them should rate themselves above the median. On the other hand, if every person had his or own, her own idiosyncratic, idiosyncratic um, definition of, 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 of what it meant to be a good driver, then all drivers could rate themselves as the best, and all of them could be right. There's good evidence that this ambiguity accounts for a good deal of better-than-average effects like, like Svensson's drivers. Are you all with me so far? <laughs> if you're not, don't worry. Because all this goes to show that vagueness might help you to fool others, but not only them, but to fool yourself. So... These results that Svensson had also speak against a third explanation, that drivers are simply fooling themselves about how skilled they are. Self-delusion may be the most commonly cited explanation for better-than-average beliefs. But if, you're, if, if, if that's the main reason for it, 
then overplacement should be greatest for things that people regard as important. After all, you don't get as much out of believing that you're the best flagpole climber than you do out of believing that you're the smartest or most virtuous person in the room. So, this professor, um, this doctor, Don Moore, on Psychology Today, said, you know, I've been working for several years with my colleagues, Jen Log and Uriel Haran, to test this hypothesis. And Dr. Moore says, mostly, we have failed to find much supportive evidence of self-delusion. After searching long enough and hard enough, we have found some, though. But the effect is limited, and the conditions have to be just right to get it. We do find that the more important thing is, the more people claim to be better than others, but only when the skill and its measurement are left vague. So if it's something just random, a random thought, then you'll find people scoring themselves highly in something like that. Oh, I've been having this thing running all this time. Yeah, people have been ranking themselves higher than they should. To pick a particular example, lots of people claim to be more intelligent than others, but overplacement decreases substantially when those same people estimate their percentile ranks on an IQ test they all took. This suggests that better-than-average beliefs are strongest when people can get away with employing an idiosyncratic definition of what it means to be good at something. So, if you want to reduce bias and the risk of people, even yourself, deluding themselves, be clear about what you are assessing and how you are measuring it. Do not content yourself with vague assessments of intelligence or driving ability. Instead, examine scores on a test, problems solved, or accident records. Quantify your assessment using clear criteria and probabilities and keep score. Because then, that will help you to humble, to be humble and to, to, to keep you honest. And... That is one of the things that seem to be effective in fooling people. And you, you, you might think, you know, uh, what's the big deal? Well, when you have things happening on a mass scale, then how well you fool people can either work in your benefit or work against you. And we have, we have seen this in, in, in a myriad of things in our communities. You know, we, we see it when, when <laughs> sad to say, we see it when people go to vote. 
you know, we we are often told the the stories and given the promises. And we sit and we wait. Do we ever think, boy, you know, they pulled the wool over our eyes on that one. Because the term has passed and nothing has materialized. We see it with um, animals in the wild using camouflage. And some of them hide so well, you know exactly where they are, but you don't see them. Because we're fooled. Now, we see it with magicians also. So, the question is asked, I heard the question asked somewhere, when you go to a magic show, are you seeing magic or just an illusion? And if you all believe what you see which didn't happen, were you all fooled? Well, when you, when, you, when you get down to it, yeah, we're fooled. So, did we fool ourselves? Or were we fooled by someone else that is in a position to kind of pull the wool over our eyes and trick us that way? Again, it's on all based on the thought process, based on the, the, the quote from Mark Twain. It's easier to fool someone than to convince them that they've been fooled. Now, you might wonder, why would you want to convince someone that, you're fooled, that they're fooled? Why not? You ever, someone ever played a prank on you? But they did it so well that you believed what was happening. Like faking an injury. And they're doubled over, writhing in pain. And fake blood and everything. And you believe them. And you leave without telling them that it's just a joke, it's just a prank. They believe it. And if someone else comes along right after and said, oh, you believe that that happened? No, it didn't. And you're saying, but I saw it. I saw the blood. I saw them in pain. I saw them get taken away to go to the doctor. I'm just waiting to hear from them to see what the doctor said, you know, if they're going to lose that limb or whatever. That appendage, that, that, you know, how bad it was, how long they'll take to recover all, all that. And the one person that is there saying, but this was just a prank. And you really believe what you saw? Has that ever happened to you? Because it's not so far-fetched. But then you have to ask the question, you know, what is it that would make us be fooled or... Even to take it a step further, what would make us fool ourselves? And you might think, why, you're fooling yourself? Really? Do people really and truly do that? Well, yeah, they do. 
And Richard Feynman, or Feynman, sorry, that's his name, Feynman, Richard Feynman, said, science is what we have learned about how to keep from fooling ourselves. So if someone can make a statement like that, that means we have the ability to fool ourselves. But fool ourselves doing what? And how do we go about doing that? Well, we are, we're going to address that in just a few moments. Because I still got to take breaks. Even though we're here on Facebook Live and such, we're going to take a break. Call a friend same way. Tell your friends. We're still on TuneIn. In the event that we happen to get off Facebook Live, we are still on TuneIn Radio. We're still on NIE Radio. And you can still contact me. Send me your messages on 773-789-STEW. You can call, you can text, you can WhatsApp. Let me hear from you. Let's, let's keep the interaction going. This might be, some people might be thinking, really, Stu, you're talking about fooling people? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we've been fooled quite a bit. And we need to, be recog- we need to recognize what is happening when we're being fooled. Or if we're fooling ourselves. We're going to be back in just a few moments, taking a quick break. Pulsey Media Group, innovative streaming and recording, has done it again. A new way to get your business in full view of your neighborhood consumer through AdShare TV. It's available in your neighborhood today. It's easy. Just call us. 754-999-6020. Become a host today and place a TV monitor in a strategic location so it's easy to see. Get a one-minute video ad or longer that plays anywhere in our network. Can't be a host? No problem. For a few dollars, we'll run your 30-second video ad. A host can run announcement specials like buy one get one free or discount ads. Let's turn your flyers into a 30-second video with music or a voiceover or let us create and run your video ad with a spokesperson. Take advantage of our early enrollment discount. Join us today. Your ad will be seen at least 30 times per day in your AdShare TV neighborhood. It's easy. Just call us. 754-999-6020. AdShare TV, part of Pulsing Media Group. It takes an entire village to raise a child. Hello, I'm Paul Campbell, here to talk about Palace. Peace and Love Academic Scholarship. This nonprofit group supports students facing serious obstacles from entering or continuing their studies, not because the grades are failing, but due to the lack of financial support. Over the past eight years, Palace has awarded 600 scholarships valued at approximately 50.3 million Jamaican dollars or 415,000 US dollars. Together, we must 
build a better future for our children. Please visit www.palace1.org and make your donation to brighten the future of a deserving child. Palace, preserving young minds for posterity. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Matthew 28:19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. With this in mind, and encouragement received during a South Florida media conference, The Church Links was birthed. The Church Links is an interdenominational worship service portal for churches, providing the tools to spread the word through technology in a cost-effective way. The Church Links www.dahchurchlinx.com Your links to worship and praise. I'm representing for DJ Kevin's Jew working on the night shift the night shift radio show won't go changing like the weather just to please the devil never with DJ Kevin's Jew and Sally's soul that's a word and honor it's Christine to representing word and honor Celestia DJ Kevin's Jew
zone of Nikki Blaze. The track is called Lost in Illusion. Welcome back. Want to say thanks to Althea and her healing heavenly hands for sponsoring this segment of the broadcast. Althea issues a licensed massage therapist that comes to you operating out of Broad County, North Miami Dade, and South Palm Beach counties. She brings her table, she brings her oils, her healing heavenly hands, and she comes COVID free. Of course, she'd like to leave that way out, so. Give her a call, 954-655-9000. Or email her at theolata at att.net. 20 years of experience. She only has one request outside of paying her. Get off her table and go sleep somewhere else. The zone of Nikki Blaze, it's called Lost in Illusion. Yeah, we get the wool pulled over our eyes and sometimes we're the ones doing the pulling. So, (laughs) how do we fool ourselves? Well, uh, there are about four ways that, according to alcation.com, there are four ways that you can fool yourself. Sam Wickstrom authored this, this article and he goes on to say the first being cognitive dissonance. Now, some of you might remember I looked at cognitive biases some time ago on, on, on Real Talk. But this one here, let's go through the list. Four things, four ways we could end up fooling ourselves. First being cognitive dissonance, which is the state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes, especially as relating to behavioral decisions and attitude change. So, for example, you might know that ice cream is killing you, but another inconsistent thought pipes you up and telling you that it's fine and that you want to buy it. Or, in another case, you might be going out with someone and you see a blatant red flag. The part of you that is not denying reality is saying this person is a nut job. But you deny that and come to an illusionary belief in their sanity. Cognitive dissonance can apply to many different situations. But... It is, in essence, a finely crafted form of self-suggestion, a kind of illusionary state created by your fear of reality. So according to Festinger, or Festinger, the person who created the theory of cognitive dissonance, we hold many cognitions about the world and ourselves. When they clash, a discrepancy is invoked, resulting in a state of tension known as cognitive dissonance. As the experience of dissonance is unpleasant, we are motivated to reduce it or eliminate it altogether and achieve consonance or agreement. So, we are going to eliminate that thing that 
is causing us to question what we're doing. And we're going to go with the other thing that makes us feel good. In a nutshell, that's all that is. Uh, William James said, we, we need only in cold blood act as if the thing in question were real. And keep acting as if it were real. And it will infallibly end up growing into such a connection with our life that it will become real. So, Area 51. We don't know if it's real or if it is just a made-up place. But we hear about it so much that as far as we are all concerned, we know it is real. Most people are not liars. They can't tolerate too much cognitive dissonance. I don't want to deny that they are outright liars, just brazen propagandists. And we know how the propaganda machine works, right? You can find them in journalism and in the academic professions as well. But I don't think that's a norm. The norm is obedience, adoption, and uncritical attitudes. Sorry, obedience and adoption of uncritical attitudes. Taking the easy path of self-deception. This is a quote from Noam Chomsky. The second in the four ways that we fool ourselves is confirmation bias. Now, confirmation bias is a tendency to interpret new evidence as confirmation of one's existing beliefs or theories. Most people like to believe that their thoughts, opinions, and ideas are logical, rational, and well thought out, taking into account all evidence and coming to a sound conclusion. Yet, most people are entirely unaware that the human mind seeks evidence which upholds justice while tending to ignore information that challenges preconceived notions. CB also allows people to hold all sorts of irrational beliefs. Take, for example, someone who believes that a tar- in tarot card reading and astrology. They're going to notice all the times when the card reader or their horoscope is correct. While easily ignoring all the times that they were blatantly inconsistent with reality. So this confirmation bias also allows people to believe that Islam is a religion of peace when even when there are countless verses in the Quran that condone violence, killing and holy war. Here's a joke about that when you take when you come to religion. Just about all the religious books talk about that. So I, I found it interesting where Islam was was selected as as the example there when all the books of religion typically have the same stories. Yeah, it's it's okay, let me not say the same story. Similar stories. Um let's go back and use ice cream again as another example. 
imagine we have an, ob- an obese person and they're reading all sorts of studies on how ice cream reduces stress and increases happiness so they can comfortably eat ice cream all the time. However, they're ignoring the studies that show ice cream increases your risk of cancer, heart disease, obesity, and diabetes. Con- <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the confirmation bias. You're going to go with that bit of information. That one bit of information that agrees with your thinking. That's it. And nothing more. Then there is projection. But before I get to projection, let me read you two more quotes. One from Chris Jammy. It says, Misguided good men are more dangerous than honest bad men. It is because they are seen as good in and by good conscience. The mob will always stubbornly back them without question. Sounds familiar? So, the misguided good man versus the honest bad man. Which one do you go with? Who is who at that point? Who determines what is good and what is bad? And that is the little bit of extra questioning that we often some that we often miss. We leave that out, and we go somewhere else with our thought patterns. So the mob will always stubbornly back the misguided good man. Without question. C.S. Lewis said, Most of us are not really approaching the subject, uh, scriptures, in order to find out what Christianity says. We are approaching it in the hope of finding support from Christianity for the views of our own party. In other words, we go through people, Christians, let me expand it yet again people of whichever religion that they subscribe to will go into their religious books and pick out those things that support what they're doing. And that will be the focal point that they cling to. And everything else will be built around that point. The third thing, like I mentioned before, is projection. Now, most of us have heard of this in some form or another. Which is why people often know that a cranky person insulting others is just being down on themselves or having a bad day. Projection is basically when you will not accept yourself. So you project yourself onto someone else. Projection is the misattribution of a person's undesired thoughts, feelings, or impulses onto another person who does not have those thoughts, those feelings, or those impulses. Projection is used especially when the thoughts are considered unacceptable for the person to express or feel completely ill at ease with having them, those thoughts. For example... You might have a spouse that gets angry at their significant other for not listening, when in fact it is the angry spouse who does not listen. 
Projection is often the result of a lack of insight and acknowledgement of one's own motivations and feelings. So, let's take, for example, someone who overeats. They might make a passive-aggressive remark at how you hardly take the time to chew your food. Really? It is not you that they are critical, or they're, that they are being critical of. It is themselves. But they can't face the fact, and that they are are doing this. So what do they do? They project. There's a little cartoon that says, "I know these two characters." One says to the other, shouting. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking terrible things about me. And then says, well, screw you and your judgment and walks away. And the other one is standing there and the thought is, I'm thinking about pie. (laughs) And that happens so often. But how many of us actually take the time out to recognize that we are projecting unto others how many of us take the time out to say boy you know self I'm a need for you to take a chill pill Kate McGann says what we see in others is always a mirror of what we see in ourselves let it be love that you see let it be love that you are and she says I see how you look at me Spits the hateful man. He thinks we look upon him with the evil eye when we are not looking at him that way at all. We are just looking at him. It is because he cannot accept the hate inside of himself that he projects it onto others. You ever notice that person that is always angry? And then says, it is because of you? Yeah. That's the projector. 773-789-STU gets you in touch. 773-789-7839. Call, text, WhatsApp. Let me hear from you. I know uh, the, the website is not there right now that you can be hanging out and, 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 and sharing with me, but let me hear from you. Um, thank you for checking in. Thank you for checking in, Kerry. Thank you, thank you. All right, so last one, rationalization. Four ways which we fool ourselves. Rationalization is, 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 is the last in that list. So we looked at, we looked at um, cognitive dissonance. We looked at confirmation biases. We looked at projection. Now we're going to look at rationalization. Rationalization is putting something into a different light or offering a different explanation for one's perceptions or behaviors in the face of a changing reality. For instance, a woman who starts dating a man she really, really, really likes and thinks the world of is suddenly dumped by the man for no reason. And she reframes the situation in her mind with, I suspected he was a loser all along. What? What are you saying? (laughs) 
Another example of rationalization would be religious people saying you are twisting the scriptures, interpreting them wrong, or taking verses out of context when you're really just taking an objective look at their holy book. How often have you come across that? When a meat eater is told that their food choice is increasing their risk of heart disease, cancer, and various diseases, they will rationalize their choices by saying it is convenient and that there is no better source of protein, fat, and essential nutrients. Well, that's an example of rationalization. Rationalization is an advanced form of self-suggestion. By using the intellect to cover for primitive, irrational desires, one can get away with fooling themselves for a very long time. Sometimes people can go their entire lives wronging others while maintaining a, of self, a sense of benevolence through rationalization. You tell yourself enough times that you're doing the right thing and you'll start to believe it. <laughs> Joy <laughs> Joy says uh, A wise man once told me A promise is made to comfort a fool <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's a saying that we use quite often In Jamaica And uh, I don't know where else It is being used But you know th These are the things These are some other things Ayn Rand says, rationalization is a process of not perceiving reality, but attempting to make reality fit one's emotions. We're going to just sculpt that moment into exactly what we want. We're going to shape it that way. Because that is what makes us feel good. So what you find is that the story would go one way really, but then you dig and you ask the rest of the questions and you find out, but that's not how the story went at all. Betty Sharp says, sometimes we need, a little, we need little lies to save our pride and sometimes we need big lies to save our souls. Here we go again. We, we, we're <laughs> creating that situation. We're telling that story. And I say all that to say this. Most of us are glued to televisions and radios and we're getting information by way of this need, this news source. And typically, all these media houses get their information from the same source. So, if there's a bit of information that isn't quite true and they all put it out there, we are all told the same bit of information. So why do I keep leaving this thing on? So we, <laughs> we are all told the same information. So when we speak with each other, we all heard the same thing. Different sources sometimes. So then it must be true. But we never follow up and we never continue to ask questions. What ends up happening we all get fooled. 
So the, when you find the individual or the individuals that, that, that step forward and say, hey, you know, this didn't quite go down that way. Then everybody is saying, but no, this is how we got on the news. And we checked, we searched online and these are what all the news houses, the media, the news, the media news houses are saying. Okay, where did they get their information from? You ever notice how you see something happen and it, it's, it's, it's such a big thing that it makes the news and then you hear the news report and you're, see, you're thinking to yourself, is this the same event? Yeah, one of those. K better yet, I saw a video. There's a news article. And there's a video that goes with the news article. So I saw the video. And then I read the article. And I'm thinking. What I'm seeing here in this video. And what I'm reading here in this article. Don't quite go together. Yes some aspects of it match up. But. The whole thing doesn't quite go together. And it, this is the, the, the. Shooting in Pennsylvania. Last week. Where. Uh, feuding neighbors and there is some shoveling of snow going on and one shovels the snow onto the other's um, property and, and, and uh, the one that has the snow shoveled onto their property is arguing with the shovelers and they're going back and forth until the one that, that's, that is arguing with the shovelers goes into his house, comes back out with a gun and starts shooting and they're still arguing with him when he started shooting and when he shoots them, he goes back into the house, comes out, comes out with another firearm and shoots them again. <laughs> and when you read the article, you're like, wait, hold on. So at what point? And you could hear there's audio on the video. So at what point does the person who wrote this article see some of these things and you can you can go look it up and read the article yourself and then watch the video you'll see what i'm talking about it happens cognitive behavior therapy teaches you that you have to learn how to find a happy medium between rational and emotional thought processes yeah i get that in that in finding that happy medium does that mean that you bypass or reconstruct the truth how do we go about finding that happy medium you know 773-789 stew is the number that gets you in touch 773-789-7839 call text whatsapp or telegram how do you find that happy medium what is it that that, that we need to do to say you know here is the truth and here is how I'm going to move forward with this truth. Or do we just decide out, you know what? The truth is not that cool. So I'm going to take aspects of the truth, modify it a little bit, because then that sounds a little bit better. Present that, and that's what we're going to go with.
let me put this one out there. I shared a video on my Facebook page this morning. 25 things about the pandemic. Those of you who already follow me on on Facebook, you can go ahead, or are, are, are friends with me on Facebook, go ahead and watch that video. Because even in that video, you'll come across the quote, it's easier to fool the people and to convince them that they have been fooled. Check out that video. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and then we, we wrap this all up because in the midst of all this fooling that is going around, there's one more thing. Because some way, somehow, we manage to let our brains fool us even when it comes to love. So, the question is asked by Dr. Karen Wu. Could your cognitive biases be keeping you from finding the one? You know, that one that people always say is there. The question that I have been asking lately is, is there only one? <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> we're going to take, again, like I said, we're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, we talk a little bit more. And we look at those little, look at four ways our brains fool us when it comes to love. Can you find that one? Are you keeping yourself from finding that one by way of cognitive biases? Pom pom pom. We'll be right back. Imagine having our own Caribbean center. Imagine a museum highlighting our history and the contributions of Caribbean people to the world. Imagine being able to visit and learn about the islands we call home in a place where our kids can see and feel their cultural heritage. You can make this vision come to life. Help us create this first of its kind space that all Caribbean people can be proud of. Your contribution to Island Space Caribbean Museum will help this dream come true. Visit islandspacefl.org slash GoFundMe. Visit islandspacefl.org slash GoFundMe. Visit islandspacefl.org slash GoFundMe and donate today. When being in the moment is priceless, consider the ability to share that moment. If you can video it, you can broadcast it. And Pulse E-Media Group has the tools you need. Weddings, birthdays, funerals, graduations, church services, parties, seminars, you name it. Pulse E-Media Group can provide you with a secure medium controlled by you to broadcast your event. Contact us at www.pulseemediagroup.com for more information. Pulse Media Group, when being in the moment is priceless. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. Yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. Or maybe he's teething. Maybe it's just a phase. Maybe he has autism, and we can definitely do something to help. 
maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Greetings and salutations, one and all. You're invited to tune in to the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew. It airs on Mondays with Community and Finance, Tuesdays with Healthy Love, and Wednesdays with Real Talk from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. Come spend some time interacting in the stew pot where we keep things bubbling and wind down in musical therapy. The Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew is on kevinstew.com where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment. Hey yo, this is Karamanti letting you know that right about now you are logged on to DJ Kevin Stew on the night shift. Don't move. Whoa, whoa. Cesar. Yeah. Touching the sky, she fly high like But of a feather went together with legging She says she like it better when I'm holding the reins Tonight we're gonna do things different yeah. Will you be my love machine? Will you make love to me? Girl, I wanna touch you but Yeah, let you show me something Will you be my fantasy? Machine. He goes by the name Cesar. I want to say thanks to my segment sponsor, Reggae Global Entertainment. Reggae Global act as your booking agents, take care of your tour management, handle your copyrights, publishing, business registration. Music production, marketing and promotion and so much more. Get them a call 954-998-8034 or check them out online reggaeglobalentertainment.com When you link them, tell them Kevin Stew sent you. 
Won't you be my love machine? So we often hear, use your head, not your heart. Because many of us have been told that our brains will lead us down the right path. But our brains really so wise in matters of love would they be considered wise in that area or do our brains lead us astray hmm in the past few decades researchers have discovered that we are not as rational as we think we have all sorts of biases that may help us in one realm but harm us in another For instance, it was once believed that we make decisions based on careful, deliberate thought. Instead, most of the time we act based on our feelings, using our cognitive resources to convince ourselves that we made the best decision. Hmm. This process works most of the time and keeps us feeling quite pleased with ourselves. There are times, however, when our decisions are more complex, perhaps with more long-lasting consequences, and our convoluted rationalizations are not enough to keep us happy. Matters of love? Well, they can be particularly tricky. Many of us may find ourselves wondering if we just have the worst luck when it comes to love. Or if it's just us. No, it's not them. It's me. And sometimes it is us. But not the way we think. Sometimes our biases can trick us into wanting all the wrong things. And what we're going to do is look at some of the ways that our brains fool us when it comes to love. So... (laughs) We started off the night recognizing that, hey, you know what? We fool ourselves when and others, and there are ways that it happens. And we, we went to the point of recognizing that there are four ways typically that we fool ourselves. Well, we've just taken it a step further. And gone into the realm of love. And with this being the love week, quote unquote, because it leads up to Valentine's this weekend, this coming weekend. You know, how do we address this? (laughs) Are we uh, with the love that we are looking for for this Valentine? Or are we hoping that we will find that love? Perhaps you know someone who insisted that they were looking for something specific in a partner. Well, here it is we're going to address the first thing. Thinking we know what we want, but realizing we don't. Maybe that person that is looking for that particular thing in that partner is looking for a certain body type. Maybe a specific height, a particular occupation, maybe. 
But instead, they ended up madly in love with someone who was the complete opposite. Mm. So, they're looking for person A, and they end up with person G. Yeah, that kind of a thing. <laughs> that person completely opposite from, from where they were going. And that ends up being the love of their life. We, we, we've heard the stories over and over again. It's not uncommon. And the whole thing revolves around the fact that we don't know what we really want. So, in a speed dating study, Dr. Wu says Asian Americans reported they would prefer to date someone of their ethnicity. At the actual speed dating event, however, they did not act upon their reported preferences and were not more likely to offer in-group members a second date. In another study, men thought that they were attracted to intelligent women but actually found themselves less attractive. Sorry, found these women less attractive in real life. They want a dummy. Which is probably why they get the inflatable dolls. But I'm not going there tonight. I'm not going there. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not picking on you. <laughs> I just got a message. Someone asking me if I'm picking on No, I'm not picking on you at all. This has nothing to do with you. <laughs> Maybe it has everything to do with you, but it has nothing to do with you. Psychologists have explained this phenomenon through the hot-cold empathy gap. According to the hot-cold empathy gap, we anticipate our decisions in a cold, rational state, failing to account for the emotions we go through when we actually make our decisions. When we actually act, we are, not in, a, we, we are in a hot state, driven by visceral desires. In the study, in Dr. Wu's study, um, participants, perhaps participants, were dutifully thinking of their parents and their expectations when they reported their preferences. But these thoughts disappeared when they sat across from their speed dating partners and they felt the full force of attraction. Now, far too often we come up with this idea of the ideal person and we 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 mold the individual down to eye color and then we meet that actual personality because in my opinion you know it is really an, a, a personality that we are putting to a, a physical form when we meet that actual personality, it really throws us off. It, 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 it takes us on this wild ride. And we never really quite know where we're going to end up. So do we then take this concept of love into our own hands and say, this is how we want it to be? Or do we just ride with it? Because... Based on the first thing, 
We don't know what we want. Secondly, we like more choices. Really, as many as possible. That no is where the fight started. So we like choices. We think that choices give us freedom and allows us to maximize our, our happiness. And we think that we will enjoy having many choices until we actually get them. Another example of the hot-cold empathy gap. The truth is, choices can be very bad for our well-being. In the face of too many choices, we often freeze. A phenomenon known as choice paralysis or choice overload. And what happens? We fail to make a choice. Those of us who are, par- are, are popular may experience an overwhelming flood of suitors and decide that the best thing to do is to not commit. Even if we really want love, because how can we possibly choose? Those less popular may succumb to the illusion of choice. All those potential partners that we can swipe right on. When we experience a little bump in the budding relationship, all these other quote-unquote fish in the sea tempt us and make us think about what could be. Boy, that's a tough one. (laughs) So that one is, is, is the choices one. And we we may have to revisit the the, the choices part because whew, whew, whew. I'm oh geez I missed some comments here I'm, I I do apologize um, dialectic, dialectical dialectical behavior therapy teaches you to use the skills you were born with to take an emotional situation and rationalize it so we 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 have one versed. In the, in the ways of the mind uh, hanging out with us on Facebook Live. Now, keep in mind, there are always three sides to a story. My side, your side, and the truth. And my truth and your truth don't always match. <laughs> no, I tell you, I'm not picking on you. <laughs> so love is categorized. Uh, let, do we get to examine this a little bit? This whole categorization of love. You have storage love, a familial love like parents to children or sisters and brothers, fellow love like a brotherly love, a non-blood kinship type of love. Then you have agape love, which is unconditional. There are 318 times in the Bible that Jesus showed this type of love. And then you have eros. This is something that is based on the physical aspect of a new relationship between a man and a woman or whatever the kids are doing these days. And this is more of an erotic type of love. So, you have your storage love, your philo love, your agape love, and your eros love. Well, do you put all of those in a melting pot, put them together to find your ideal person? Or do you just compartmentalize and have different individuals in each of, experiencing each of these loves? 
and when you get to so we know that the the family love we know that that one is 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 the kind that is there for everybody you know the all the members in the family get that so there's enough of that love to go around there's enough of the brotherly love to go around the one that we have for our our friends our neighbors our co-workers and we have the one that we experience from our church members that agape love that oh god bless you love we have that one going on and that can go and be shared with many individuals however when we get to the eros love it never seems to quite go that way that is usually as we know it for just one person that one the same one that we're examining why we probably don't find that one <laughs> um you won't i won't say i love you unless i know what kind of love i have for you okay so with you there's a process right joy you have a process that 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 you go through to find your love what is that process how do you get to that point when you can say i love you and which i love you are you giving therefore which i love you are you giving at that point so we looked at the 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 choices now there is number 3 we try to be rational by keeping our options open we keep our options open because we don't want to miss out and this can however be detrimental for two reasons first when we make a choice our brains naturally kick into action to convince us that we have made the best choice we did it okay it's the best thing we could have done at that point in time and we're going to run with that so we focus on an on all the merits of our choice and the weaknesses of our alternatives in on in an effort to reduce cognitive dissonance or the discomfort when our beliefs clash with our behavior by keeping our options open we stay in a state of uncertainty for instance you, you say that you have committed to your new partner and then discover that they are they have a really unappealing habit So your brain might kick in, kick into action convincing you that this habit actually doesn't bother you. Or it might convince you that this means that you just love your partner that much, but not all the way. With other options available, you would instead struggle to decide whether you should be turning to someone else. Secondly, keeping our options open keeps us from properly investing in a relationship. How can we expect a relationship to flourish when we are only putting in a fraction of our effort? That is the mindset. Before I move on to number 4. In fact, no, I'm going to move on to number 4 and then come back to the comments on Facebook Live. Um blessings Kujo. Much love bro. number 4 is we stay with the wrong people because we don't want our effort to go to waste so putting in effort is great to a point 
Dr. Wu says, putting in effort tends to make us happier in our relationships due to a combination of cognitive dissonance. The more we put in, the more we like something. And relationship growth. However, sometimes we stay with the wrong people because of sunk cost. You may know that a relationship won't work, but you don't want your time and effort to go to waste. You end up staying and staying because it's harder and harder to leave the more you stay. And most of us also have a dose of unrealistic optimism. And that further fuels the flame. Because now we're being optimistic that that thing will change. Now it is clear that our minds play a lot of tricks on us. And oftentimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's not so good. It's up to us to take a cold, hard look at ourselves and ask whether we are truly operating in our own best interest. Once we determine that we are, then we can let our guards down and be content as a fool in love. So, here we go. Let's look at some of the comments in, in the chat and, and, and let's talk a little bit. Comments on, on Facebook Live. So Joy says, it took six years for me to figure out what kind of love I had for an individual because I needed to know if this was what I was actually feeling. Six years is a long time. And she also says, we stay because of comfort. We are comfortable in what we are. Okay, so complacency has set in. And complacency is that thing that is going to overlook those discrepancies. It's going to overlook those things that, you know, those deal breakers. Because now we're complacent. We're comfortable. We have vested, invested so much into this relationship that now, here we go, the time and the effort that we have put in, we don't want to see that going to waste. One of the things that I realize about this particular article is is interestingly it is a very western way of thinking and when i say that i mean the what we have come to 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 learn as the relationship model joy says it doesn't mean that we're happy it just means that we're too lazy to start over and that's that that's that's one of the things that <laughs> i was going to touch on also thank you for that joy here it is like i said we're comfortable we're complacent we're in this and it will take too much effort to break those ties or to start over to start afresh because you have spent all that time to get to where you are now in taking that approach how, what are we doing to ourselves? Do we then say, you know what? We don't have to be happy. We just need to be content. And we also say, boy, you know, what is the cost of that happiness? Because there's going to be a cost to it. Do I now have to endure the pain 
of this separation because when we when we break ties it's not fun so do we now have to endure this 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 breaking of ties in in an effort to get that happiness what if those ties are not really ties to an individual but ties to a mindset to a belief and what if we only have that belief because we didn't get exposed to anything else that was all we knew where then does that leave us remember we started off talking about the lack of information that led that would lead to us all following a belief so if more information is provided and we learn something new not necessarily new information but new to us information how does that affect the way that we think the way that we act and how we navigate those relationships that we have formed in the time that we have before we have learned this new thing and since learning this new thing how then do we move from that point and navigate forward do we then say you know what what we decided to do was the best thing because of this this and this and that becomes the focus when deep down inside now we're saying boy you know this is not what i really want Sometimes we refuse to be happy because we know that inevitably that happiness will end and we know the longer it is around, the more it will hurt when that happiness is ripped from us. Okay, so let's, 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 let's examine that a little bit, Joy. So the happiness that you don't want to get into, you'd prefer it stay... All right, no. Let me not put it that way. You'd prefer to not be happy or to experience that happiness because of the thought that it may end. Why? Because everything comes to an end? Okay, so let's take that everything comes to an end idea, that concept. That bit of brokenness, sorrow, despair that you're feeling at the point of that separation if it comes to a separation doesn't that also end and give space for that joy to come in that happiness to come in we typically all want to experience this euphoric state of life where everything is just unicorns butterflies rainbows you know what's what's that flying horse pegasus yeah pegasus you know we we we, we butterflies and 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 pretty flowers and bright sunshine here's the thing in order to get the rainbow you need to have some rain because we all know it's just water droplets that it creates the, reflect, the refraction of light. That, that prism effect that creates that rainbow. So 
in reality, we can't have that beautiful rainbow without having some rain. Typically, we don't have rain without the sun being hidden. So that beautiful flower garden of love that you're expecting to have, you can't have it without the, 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 the garden being watered. Now, those flowers bloom and look pretty, but they have to come out of the ground. So that bit of ground that you had that looked well laid out it had to be broken. That garden sprung up from broken ground. So in every beautiful thing, it comes with some damage being done. That beautiful sculpture that you have on your desk, that, 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 that favorite coffee mug that you, you, you have, that you use every day, all of these things came from the destruction of something else. Am I saying that that relationship that you're in, you must destroy it and go find... No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that you should be aware that that sense of euphoria that you're giving yourself because you're holding on to those aspects of what you decide is so great and grand you may be actually fooling yourself into that euphoric state. My husband and I live together because we are co-parenting, but we do not live together as husband and wife. The person I'm happy with is a forbidden love, so I must keep it at arm's length for many reasons. Okay. It's not to say you don't love your husband. It's just that you don't like each other much, as much as before. So now that love has morphed from the Eros love to one of the other three. Well, two of the other three because it, it's not the agape love. It's more like the philos and the, 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 the storage love. So, okay. That the part that is difficult is that here we go again. That breaking, that separation that may have to happen because that's your lifestyle. I've come across some other lifestyles where there is, okay, so it has become more philo-love. Cool. It is what it is. You know, it's, it's, it's. and I'm not going to say, boy, I'm sorry, that is where you are at in that relationship. Because things happen. And as we grow, things will happen and things will change. And if nothing is changing, then there's no growth. And change isn't always for the better or the better right now. But change is inevitable. And better and good is a matter of perception. It's how we perceive it. It's how we paint it. It's how we present it. So here we are. And again... Going back to, oh, I didn't even put, up the, 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 put back the topic that we're looking at tonight. Fooling everyone. And here we are at a point where it comes to 
fooling ourselves about love. And we end up missing that connection of the quote-unquote one. But let me, let, me, let me put a spoke in this wheel of the one. What about those individuals that say, you know, I have the ability to have this kind of love for more than one? What then? I know of amazing, thriving relationships that are built on that model. So, what then? Does that mean that they don't get to have their one? Or does it just then end up being that their one is their ones? Whether it be two or two ones or three ones. However, they, 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 they work it. However it is worked. How about the ones that subscribe to that one concept? The, 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 the monos, the monogamous. Because I touched on a little bit of polyamory and, 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 and here we go back to the monogamy. In that relationship, they realize that there are things that they don't like about their partner, but they love their partner. How then does that continue? How does that, does that grow? Are you fooling yourself by telling yourself, you know, hey, these little things that I don't like, they're just minor. Let's look at the things that we do like. The fact that they cook these amazing meals or the fact that, 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 that they, with them you can have this lavish lifestyle or the fact that when you go out they look great on your arm. But at home, they're really not fun to talk with. Or they're always putting you down. But that can be overlooked, right? So, do we fool ourselves to say we are with the one? Or do we fool ourselves to say that there is no other one? Either way, we are still fooling ourselves. But who can convince us that we're not fooled? Let me... Let me put this in there before I go into musical therapy. What if, and, and this is a real serious topic, COVID-19. What if we were fooled that it is a pandemic? What if? Now you start thinking, right? Have we been given all the information? If we were fooled into thinking that this is actually a pandemic, 
could we be convinced otherwise? Mark Twain said, It's easier to fool people than to convince them that they were fooled. So, like in our relationships, are we fooling ourselves that the people in our lives are the right ones? I don't know. This is the real storm. It's called Stay. That right there, Kujo. Why do we get into relationships? Is because of infatuation, emotional security, financial security. What person can provide for you? Do we really know what true love is? That right there, Kujo. That win. Sound of Caramante, the sound of uh, the real storm. It's called Stay. I haven't played that one in a minute. I just had to throw that in there. And I have to toss this one in here for sure. This is Caramante. Black love is bigger than you. It's, it's called Black Love. It's bigger than him, it's bigger than she. Black love is all about unity. It's now, paint this canvas of love. So make we dance for a second about this Cause every goddess when me no want this Fi in love peaceful and bliss A black love full of chocolate kiss 
Black moments make we reminisce. Light your spliff if you drink, take a sip. Tonight, sex, I know for we target. Cause I've got something better. I swear to God, I do. I've got a man that loves me and reads to me too. Him take me on a level, nothing left to do. But confess that I love him, and that's the truth. Stronger than the black race Have your magic anytime we embrace Me love your king, I will never unbrace The man go deep, deep in the bookcase Stroke me body plus me mental space Spiritually I have to elevate Cause I've got something better I swear to God I do I've got a man that loves me And reads to me too Him take me on a level Nothing left to Is this the kind of love that we that all yearn for? That's the truth. He reads to me. He teaches me. Ladies, is this your ideal love? Black love so sweet. He lays with me and plays with me all day. I want to say thanks to my segment sponsor, GMAT Music Solutions. GMAT Music Solutions brings your event to life. Providing sound, light and stage production services, musical equipment, PA systems, audio engineers, DJs, bands, musicians, singers, and so much more. Get them a call, 754-307-GMAC. That's 754-307-4622. Or you can check them out online at gmatmusicsolutions.com. Black you can also do your online shopping there. Thank you, GMAT Music Solutions. Black love before long one of them take flight Quit the team cause the team never tight Me heart goes out, that's not right But not enough in me black life Yeah, yeah, I can't On a Jordan. As we close out the night shift week, this is Congo Bongo Impress. Warming you up as we go into the Valentine weekend. Joy, thank you. 
Truly appreciate love your input. Go get some rest. I know you have to get up early in the morning. Down to the earth and I'll learn. But empress the things sky high. Spread those your wings and So Kujo, I like that. True love is very deep, it comes from within. Within the spiritual soul that love continues lighting, it never goes dim. When you see your other half, you say, it's like you just met yesterday. Love never gets tired. Alright, see, see for me, you know, I don't have another half. I'm a whole by myself. But I do refer to my better portion as just that a portion and with true love being that deep thing with true love being that real thing does it really go one place G. Cole, <laughs> track called What Is Love? No lie, what love is. Not that has no conclusion. Love is not just a dream that's built on illusion. It's more than something to Taste it and touch it, it's real. Life is meant to people make it. And nothing outside they can break it. If they understand that they can't command to be where it cannot. Not just the night of moment of fire. It's a more than hunger inside that builds on desire. Oh, oh, oh. 
when we share River, I do apologize, I didn't see your comments There will always, always be Silent River says Oh, greetings Silent River, much love Someone when I met them had said she was looking for an, an A personality guy A hustler, juggler, mover and shaker type Much like she was I pointed out she was looking for another ship to pass in the night I didn't meet her criteria But as our friendship progressed She realized she needed someone like me And when he came into her life She confided that uh, that was my purpose It was to prepare her to be open to let him in her life The timing was perfect He came to her at the most crucial time in her life As I was slipping out of her life He was entering I heard they are now happily married And I'm so very happy for her That's a sweet story, Silent River I want to say welcome back to the Stew Pot. KevinStew.com. Up and bubbling and running. Thanks to the technical team. His rendition of Things You Say You Love Yeah, Kujo Relationships are not easy Before I get out of here, you are doing, that's why I say five more minutes before we pull the curtains down on the night shift for this week. I do want to encourage you to look out for members of your community as I do so. 
Recognize that your community is not the development that you live in, but it spreads far and wide. So those individuals that you pass on the bus, on the plane, on the boat, on the train, as you walk, ride or drive, these are members of your community. Do something good for one of them today because you never know who's going to do something good for you tomorrow. My name is DJ Kevin Stewart, so I like to do it to you, for you, and with you every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday right here on the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew on KevinStew.com. 10 p.m. Eastern. So glad to have the night ship, the KevinStew.com back. Do remember to catch me on Saturday on Reggae Global Radio. 8 p.m. Eastern Time for the Saturday Stew. in the Saturday stew we have that secret ingredient you don't want to miss it adding a little bit of flavor girl you got the moves you got the juice you got the flavor got the sauce on ya anywhere you wanna this is King Charles the track is called Juice somebody remind you to feel lost find you oh I just wanna I think we've addressed this topic before, Silent Trifle. But it's a very strong point that needs reminding or reiterating. It has occurred to me, this is Silent Trifle's opinion, it has occurred to me that uh, the thinking that there is just one person for another is a lie we tell ourselves. After all, what are the odds that we'll find the one? Even with now having the dating apps. What are the chances? For so many have claimed that they have met their one. It must mean that there are many. And we are bound to run into more than one throughout our lives. So if there are more than one of the one, and you meet them as you're having the one, as you're when you're with the one how does that go Kujo says my wife and I met in school in the 80s until now the relationship is still is not perfect we have gone through the storm and sickness etc but faith love and God by our side we pull through the storm in an awesome love standing strong standing on st- in, in an awesome love sorry on strong ground and that is awesome, Kujo. 
that is a kind of dream that we go into the Valentine's weekend having for everyone. Silent River says, I think it is selfish. It's a selfish love to deny each other the opportunity to experience our many loves. And on that note, I love you all. And I wish for you a great strong end. Listen, be good. If you can't be good, be good at it. My name is DJ Kevin Stewart once again. I'll see you all again right here on Monday with Community and Finance. And, of course, <laughs> you will get the post of the guest that I will have on Monday, which will be Monday's which date? I, I should be wrapping up now. Um, really quickly, I it just kind of left me. Monday, I have... Oh, we're talking about human trafficking on Monday. So, you, you might not want to miss that one at all. Human trafficking is what we're addressing on Monday. So, call your friends, tell your friends, tell everybody. Look out for that. But Saturday, it's the music show. The Saturday Stew on Reggae Global Radio. This is how I bounce on out of here. Y'all take care. Thank you very much. Much love. Peace. Y'all take care. Good night, good morning. That's not how I say it. I said good morning, good afternoon, good day to you from wherever in the world. From right here in South Florida, I bid you a good night. Greetings and salutations, one and all. You're invited to tune in to the night shift with DJ Kevin Stew. It airs on Mondays with Community and Finance, Tuesdays with Healthy Love, and Wednesdays with Real Talk from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. Come spend some time interacting in the stew pot where we keep things bubbling and wind down in musical therapy. The Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew is on kevinstew.com where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment. <laughs>